you just say this word. And it's kind of a downer, isn't it? Right? Like, this is not a very favorable word, is it? Down. After all, like, losers are down. Cowards are down. Bear markets are way down. This word down is a word that we love to ignore, deny. We try very, very hard not to take that word very seriously. After all, just think about how it is that that word down affects everything it touches. Down and out, downfall, downscale, downhill, downhearted, down under, even. None positive, right? The word is a downer. And frankly, it's reserved for the weak, the poor, the pitied. Worst of all, like the dead, right? They're way down, aren't they? But you turn the page to, if you write with a big fat marker that bleeds, we couldn't absolutely not use that page, could we? And you write the antonym of the word down, what is it? Up. And well, that word makes us feel really good. We love up, don't we? Up, up, up. We love up, we cherish up. Up is really, frankly, a word that lots and lots of people worship. Even after all, winners are up, heroes are up. People who know their stuff, they're like way up, aren't they? We admire this concept of up. Lots and lots and lots of people these days are in pursuit of up, aren't they? Up is the topic of party conversations. Up is the topic of social media posts. Up is the way that you influence others to see things your way. Who can argue with you, right? After all, if everything in your life is, well, up, no, no one can say, oh, oh, must be right. They're up. Everything's up. And how powerfully does that word affect everything that it touches? Upscale. Up and coming, upwardly mobile, upper class, upper crust. Up is the word is the word of the elite, the chosen, the few, the strong, isn't it? And up is really, really appealing. And down, not so much. We avoid down, avoid it at all costs, according to the world. And just think about it. In our world today, our society, up communicates that you're strong, powerful, healthy, that you're rising. Up communicates that you're rising against the odds, the crowd, any obstacle that dares to stand in your way. Ascension is a fancy way to say up. And that's the goal for so many people these days, to ascend, to fame, to fortune, into the spotlight, ascend into the halls of power, pleasure, comfort. And according to the world, there's only one way to achieve greatness, and it's up. But, big ol' but, it's into that kind of a culture that the message of Philippians chapter 2 comes to call all of us out of these verses in particular. Philippians 2 verses 3 I know some of you were thinking, like, uh, didn't we talk about this text last week? And, well, you'd be right. Good job. Great memory. Way to go. 
And we're just gonna keep plowing over this because as we talk about humility, this is, this is kind of the deal right here. And the Lord's been just hammering, I'll say hammering me, that this is kind of the deal, so we're just gonna keep plowing over this ground. Paul writes, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. And that's just part of the chapter of scripture that's referred to by many as the most, and I quote, countercultural chapter in the entirety of the Bible. And we hear it and that, that like rings with us. Like of course it's the most countercultural chapter in the whole of the Bible. You just sort of break it out in bullet point fashion. Paul says, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress people. Be humble. Think about others as better than you. Not just equals, but better than you. Don't just look out for you. Look out for others. You, all of you, have the same attitude as Jesus. Remember Jesus, the one who, though he was God, he didn't cling to his equality with God. He willingly gave up his privileges and he humbled himself to the lowliest possible position. How does Paul put it? A slave. And not only was he a slave, but he died, was killed, murdered as a criminal. Whoa. That's incredibly countercultural. Incredibly countercultural because those are the precise opposite virtues that this world declares that life is all about. And so here I am, I'm a guy teaching this text as something that's to be emulated for us to model and pattern our lives after. And frankly, I've got my work cut out for me on this one, right? Because all of this goes so against the grain of every single thing in our society. And it's so countercultural, it's so against our natural grain, because really the message of Philippians chapter two is if you want to be great, then the direction you must travel is not up, but down. If you want to be great, the direction that you must travel is down. Greatness, in other words, is a status that must be descended into. And the life and model of Jesus Christ shouts loudly and clearly, look, the true measure of greatness is self-emptying, self-abandonment, which means this, the more you lose, the more you gain. That's how it works in God's order of things. The more you lose, the more you gain. And most people hear that, especially in today's society, and they're like, yeah, no way. Seriously? The way up is the way down, descending into great, like that's, that's absurd, right? That's the ring out there. That is ab- absurd. Descending into greatness is like an oxymoron. 
isn't it? I love oxymorons. Among my favorite are ones like airline food. That's an oxymoron, right? Airline food. Another of my favorites is sanitary landfill. Like, really? Tell me, what, what's sanitary about that? How about this one? Working vacation. What? That's just working remotely, somewhere different than you normally. My, my absolute favorite, though, is, is this one. Sorry, Microsoft Works. <laughs> Microsoft Works. It's an oxymoron. Descending into greatness is like an oxymoron. And Paul knows the kind of world that we're living in. He knows the cultural tide that this idea of descending into greatness has to swim against. And with that in mind, you'd think that he'd make like some effort to make it more palatable, easier to swallow, more appealing. He doesn't. He lays the idea, the concept of descending into greatness He makes it out to be everything this world says that it will be, demoting, demoting, anonymous, servant-like, downscale, decreasing, losing, even, I dare say, suffering and dying. He just spells it right out there. You be like Christ in this way. Think about an ad campaign for a Philippians 2 kind of initiative. Where, Where would you even begin? Something like, lose it all, imagine the fun. Right, little jingle behind that. Woo! But I have to say this. It isn't just the world out there that has such a hard time swallowing this notion of descending into greatness. It isn't just them. Because honestly, there are not very many followers of Jesus Christ who have followed nor are following him down the path of true greatness. Right? Especially these days, like seriously, think about this. How many Christians, how many followers of Jesus Christ do you know who have recently downscaled, downsized, or given so sacrificially that it affected their standard of living for the purpose of the expansion of the kingdom of God? How many Christians do you know? Not very many, right? And by the way, that's the easy way to ask the question. It's always way easier, isn't it, to hold the mirror up for everyone else to look into and ask the question about themselves, but what about you, me, us? When was the last time you honestly looked into the mirror yourself and reflected, sincerely reflected with the Lord around this question? Do I really, really believe that the way I gain my life is by losing it? Do I really believe that the way I gain my life is by losing it. Which, by the way, is what Jesus said. That's not me, that, that's Jesus. Do I really believe that to be the case? Do I really believe that the way up is the way down? And it's so difficult to act on and live out because it touches into every single part of our lives. You talk about descending into greatness, and it's, it's everything from our finances to the way we spend our time to the things that we teach our Kids, everything. And Paul comes back to us again and he says, look, if greatness is your aim, moving down is the sole path to hitting the target, according to God. That's it. This downward mobility concept, it isn't just the best of many optional paths that God is giving us toward pleasing him. It's the only path to pleasing God. 
emphatically. And this is incredibly illogical. Yes, it sounds incredibly illogical. But you start to peel the layers back a bit and the wise beauty that God intends starts to emerge, doesn't it? And one way to say it is to say it this way. The greatest reason we have for following Jesus down the descending path to greatness is the example of Christ himself. It's him. It's what he's done. It's what he did. What's Philippians 2 tell us? Jesus stooped down to love. He bent over backwards to concern himself with others. He gave of himself everything. All the way down to his very life, he gave it all. And you hear that and you're like, really? That does not seem like the most logical way for the Son of God, the Messiah, to change the world. Right? A more logical approach might have been more ominous displays of unadulterated power, right? More smoke, more lightning, more earthquake kinds of things. That would have really gotten the world's attention. But you can't argue with the results that Jesus' seemingly illogical approach got, can you? Really, how many men step into history and literally split time in two? And critics can argue all they want about Jesus' sanity, his honesty, his motivation, but no one can argue that Jesus left upon history the indentation of one of the greatest men who ever lived. That's him. And he did it in absolutely the most stunning and surprising way that you could even imagine. He came down. From the very top, he came down. From the pinnacle, the summit, the apex, the whatever you want to call it. He was God after all. He's the pinnacle of praise in the entire universe, a universe he created, by the way. And from the very, very, very highest position, he stooped down and voluntarily gave up his divine prerogatives, all of them. You think about it like this. The only one truly worthy of all praise, adoration, the very source, capital S, source of all power, was born an infant in a filthy barn of all places. And while you might think it'd be difficult to descend much further than that, Jesus managed to pull it off over the course of the rest of his life. Down and down and down and down, never ceasing his descent, really. He was omnipotent after all, that means all-powerful, and yet he wept. He was the owner of all things, and yet he didn't have a home. He's the king of kings, he's the lord of lords, and yet he became a slave He was the source of all truth, and yet he was found guilty of blasphemy. He's the creator, and yet he was spit upon and beaten by those whom he had himself created. He was the very author and giver of life, yet he was killed naked on a cross, bleeding, gasping for just a single breath, all for you. Me. He did that for you. And at his death, it was the mark of the completion of his downward descent from the highest of highs in the entire universe all the way to the ultimate act of humiliation, torture, death, made a victim, right, by the utter wickedness of humanity. And Jesus' life and death violated every aspect of the world's upward system, the very highest 
came to seek, serve, and save the very lowliest. The one who poured life into everyone and everything poured himself all the way out. The one who held everything in his hands became nothing. And the world looked on and said that the cross was the symbol of utter failure. But it wasn't so in God's economy. As a matter of fact, in God's order of things, Jesus became the greatest of the great because why? He had accomplished the purpose God had sent him for entirely. He did it. He finished it. You could say it this way. Jesus Christ really descended into God's greatness. Jesus Christ descended into God's greatness. And in another stunner of a passage from the Bible, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, here's what we find. We do this by keeping our eyes on him, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. He's the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Forget about the shame, Jesus said. Down and down and down and down. And now, he's seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Jesus, he endured everything he endured for the sake of accomplishing the purposes of God, which was to tangibly demonstrate his love to this world and to accept the penalty for your and my sin. In other words, you could say it this way, Jesus came to bleed for you and for me. Jesus came to bleed for you and for me, for every person, all of us. Something else that led Jesus down the path into greatness. He wanted us, his followers, to know what it looks like, what the way is to demonstrate the love of God. He wanted us to know it. He wanted us to see it, smell it, taste it, breathe it, And most of all, he wants us to walk that out. Those transitional words of Philippians 2, you must, like, non-optional. No escape clause here. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. It's for us. It's about us. All of us. All of us. Jesus Christ made himself downwardly mobile. He gave himself away for the benefit of others and he invites and challenges us to do the very same all the way to the point of suffering and death if need be. And in God's economy of things, down always leads up. In God's economy of things, down always leads up. James chapter four, verse 10. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. Jesus descended and he decreased and he downscaled and he died so that he could perfectly demonstrate the love of God. He made himself nothing in order to accomplish the purposes of his father. And what happened right here? God in turn highly exalted him. And he says to every single one of us, I want to do the exact same thing for you. I want to do the exact same thing for you. 
So stop trying to claw and scratch and climb for your own honor. Descend. 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 And, I, and I've got you. I've got you. He will lift you up in honor. Real, true, authentic, lasting, eternal honor. According to the world, that word down, it's a word for losers, right? Well, guess what? Philippians chapter 2 affirms that that's the case. Absolutely the case. And today, right here, right now, God's challenging us here, as well as his entire worldwide church, to develop this discipline of losing Together, he's calling on us to follow the example of God's son, Jesus Christ, who lost not just a little nor even a lot, but lost everything down, losing, demoting, down, down, down. And that level of commitment to losing, it kind of freaks us out, doesn't it? And here's what God says. In the midst of your freaking out a bit, just say yes. Just say yes. Say yes to God determining what needs in your life are legitimate. Say yes to yielding your desires, your passions to his guidance. Say yes to him chipping away at the rough edges of your personality, using your gifts without seeking applause, allowing him to conform your dreams to his purposes, his plans, his ways. Say yes to down. Say yes to losing so that according to God we can gain. Because see, the descent into greatness is the path that leads to the very greatest joy. Kind of like this. I invite you to watch. จะได้อะไรถ้าเขาทำแบบนี้ทุกวันเขาจะไม่ได้อะไรเลยไม่ได้รวยขึ้นไม่ได้ออกทีวีไม่มีใครรู้จักไม่ได้มีชื่อเสียงที่มากขึ้น
ราะสิ่งที่เขาได้คือได้แค่ความรู้สึกได้เห็นความสุขได้เข้าใจได้ความรักได้ในสิ่งที่เงินซื้อไม่ได้ได้โลกที่สวยงามกว่าเดิมในชีวิตคุณอะไรคือสิ่งที่คุณต้องการมากที่สุดเ
to descend and descend and descend. And we're following you there. We are following you there. And then maybe there's some of you for whom this downward mobility, this descending into greatness that Jesus was about, for you it starts with the humility to admit your need of Jesus as your Savior. You've been trying to show God how good you are, how good you can be, how moral and how upright, upstanding you can be. Perhaps today Jesus is just breaking through all of that and saying, no, you can't. You require me. You need me. And if that's you, you can take the bold step of trusting him. You can take the bold step of crossing the line of faith in him. Choosing to follow him down to greatness by praying with me, I invite you to pray with me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I am utterly incapable of saving myself. And by faith, I gratefully receive your gift of salvation. You're it for me, Jesus. You're what I need. And I say thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me, for my sin. Thank you for rising from the dead. Thank you for showing me, Jesus, what it is to descend into greatness. Here's my everything. I trust you. And if that's you, if you're a person who's crossing the line of faith in Jesus Christ today, that is the biggest decision of your whole life. Such a big deal around here. We love to acknowledge when people make that decision. So I'm going to ask you to do that with me. It's a private deal. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you prayed with me just then to yield your heart and life to Jesus, would you be so bold as to just slip your hand up and lock eyes with you? You can do that right now. You can do that right now. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Wow. Way to go. Way to go. Jesus, we say thank you and we praise you and we exalt you and we celebrate you for the work you're doing in hearts and lives today, drawing people to yourself. Thank you, Jesus, for letting us share in that. And Jesus, that you would help us. This, this is a courageous thing. To descend into greatness takes boldness and courage that we just simply can't muster ourselves. It's got to come from you. So God, would you deliver it, please? the courage and the boldness and the faith and the endurance the willingness to just say yes 
way up is actually via the way down. And we're following you there, Jesus. We're following you there, and we love you.